Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing. Jesus is coming again. We bring to you again the program of the Voice of Prophecy. A voice crying in the wilderness of these latter days, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. This broadcast is presented by the Voice of Prophecy Incorporated. We invite you now to listen to our King's Herald Radio Quartet as they call upon us to... Stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer long. From victory unto victory, his army shall he. to ask anything of thee, for we have sinned against thee, but we come unto thee in the name of thy holy child Jesus, pleading the efficacy of his atoning blood, our prayers thus made fragrant with the merits of our Savior's character, coming before thee as sweet incense, thou hast promised to accept. With the deepest gratitude of our hearts, we thank thee for such a Savior who bears away the sin but saves the sinner, who proclaims liberty to the captives of sin and the opening of the prison to them that are bound by their iniquities. Give us this promised freedom and make us more than conquerors through him that loved us. We ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. Oh, Jesus. Blessed 
Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who wait before thee, near to the heart of God. We bring you greetings, friends, and a letter from a soldier stationed in the Hawaiian Islands. This young man attends church every Lord's Day in Honolulu, even though he has to hitchhike 35 miles each way to do it. He says, last Sabbath marked our 52nd consecutive attendance in one year's time, and we have hitchhiked 3,640 miles to church and back, but it never gets old to us. I also want you to know that the Voice of Prophecy is doing a great deal of good here on the island of Oahu. Everyone seems to know about the program, and everyone seems to enjoy it. Sincerely yours, William. Well, friends, all we can say is this. If the Voice of Prophecy is bringing a message of courage and hope to servicemen like that, we have reason to believe that our broadcast is accomplishing something for God. Won't you pray for William, for our servicemen throughout the world, Ask God to bless every one of our boys and help them to find in Christ a true and loyal friend. I found a friend, oh, such a friend. He loved me ere I knew him. He drew me with the cords of love, and thus he bound me to and around my heart still closely twine those ties which not can sever. For I am his and he is mine forever and forever. I found a friend, oh, Now, the voice of prophecy, his subject, he descended into hell. Our Lord Jesus Christ tasted death for every man, Hebrews 2, 9, and was buried as other men are buried. He went down into the grave, and his broken-hearted disciples left him there alone. Of this event it has been written and repeated millions of times, he descended into hell. In the Bible, four different words from the Hebrew and Greek originals have been translated to hell. They are Sheol, Hades, Gehenna, and Tartarus. The first two, one Hebrew and the other Greek, refer to the place of the dead or the grave. 
Sheol is translated hell, grave, and pit. When the psalmist said, My life draweth nigh to the grave, Psalm 88.3, Sheol was in the original text. In the 16th Psalm, verse 10, we find a prophecy of Christ, which is so quoted by the Apostle Peter in his Pentecost sermon, as we see in Acts 2, 26-27. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. In Psalm 16, the word hell is Sheol. Here in Acts, it is Hades. David was speaking of Christ's burial and resurrection from the grave. To be sure of this, read Acts 2.31. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. To all who sorrow the loss of dear ones, it brings comfort to know that our blessed Lord Jesus experienced death and rested in the grave, as have all the billions of mankind, with the exception of two, Enoch and Elijah. The Christian need not fear the tomb, since Jesus has been there. Some have suggested that between his death and resurrection, our Lord went as a spirit being and preached to other spirits in hell. In support of this view, they quote 1 Peter 3, 18 and 19. Let us read it. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Notice that the word hell is not in this passage. Neither is anything said about our Savior's doing anything while he was dead. He was put to death by wicked men. He gave his life as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He who was utterly righteous, who alone of all who ever walked on earth was sinless, died the just for the unjust. And why? That he might bring us to God. You see, God is always ready to forgive the men who are in rebellion against him. Christ did not labor to reconcile God to us, but us to God. The prodigal son was welcomed home by his father as soon as he came to himself and said, I will arise and go to my father. So Jesus died to bring us to God. Then the next sentence here in 1 Peter 3.18 says that he was quickened, that is, made alive by the Spirit. He died, but he was made alive again. He was buried in the place of the dead, but he arose again. Here is the same thought in Romans 1, 3, and 4, where we're told that he was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And here is still another scripture passage showing the work of the Holy Spirit in Christ's resurrection and in our resurrection too. Please open your Bibles to Romans 8:11. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Now let us go back to 1 Peter 3:18 and read on into the next verse. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. The same Spirit of God by which our Lord was quickened or brought to life again was the agent by which he preached to the spirits in prison, whoever they were and whenever the preaching was done. Does this scripture say that these people called spirits in prison were dead while Christ preached to them by the Spirit of God? No. 
We read no such thing here. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that the time to preach to men is while they're alive. At death, a man's destiny is settled for all eternity. After death, man is not given another opportunity for salvation, but something far different. Here is the word of God on that subject, Hebrews 9:27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. There are many Bible statements to show that those who lead sinful lives are in prison, in bondage, in slavery. Romans 7:14 speaks of people sold under sin as though they had no freedom. 2 Peter 2:19 of a man of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. The sinner is a slave to sin, Galatians 3.22. The scripture has concluded that is shut up or imprisoned all under sin. And the prison house of sin is a dark prison. If you could see the letters from men and women chained by habits, if you could hear the heartbroken pleas for prayer poured into the ears of a minister of God, you would know something of the hard rule of sin. Over the door which led from the old tombs prison in New York to the courtroom were these words from Proverbs 13:15, The way of transgressors is hard. And how true those words are, every transgressor of God's law can testify. When Jesus went back to Nazareth, his hometown, he was asked to preach at the Sabbath service in the synagogue. We read the story of that day so long ago over here in Luke 4:16. And he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bound, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. We notice that the Savior said in this Nazareth sermon that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, that he was anointed to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty them that are bruised. He was quoting the great prophetic message of Isaiah 61.1. For the same thought is rendered in these words, to proclaim or preach liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. That was the work of our merciful and mighty Savior. It was the work he was doing right there in that synagogue that Sabbath day. How do we know? Because he himself declared it right here in Luke 4, verse 21. When he had finished reading the scripture lesson for that day, he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down as was the custom of religious teachers in those days. And he began to say unto them, This day, right now, here and now, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. In other words, the deliverance of captives of Satan in the prison house of sin is taking place today. By my preaching of the gospel, the doors are opened, and everyone who believes comes forth free from condemnation. For if the Son shall make you free, my friend, ye shall be free indeed. Out of my bondage, sorrow, and night, Jesus, I come, Jesus, I come. Into thy freedom, gladness, and light, Jesus, I come. 
of my sickness into thy help, out of my want and into thy wealth, out of my sin and into thyself, Jesus I that day were delivered from prison. But these persons were there in the synagogue. They were not in hell or some other place outside this life. They were alive as men and women, but in the prison of sin. So also were those people, those spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing. 1 Peter 3, 19. God did not bring the flood upon the world of the ungodly without warning, without a mighty appeal by his Spirit. How did Christ preach to that wicked generation before the flood? How did he warn them? How did he appeal to them? It was through that mighty evangelist Noah, who in 2 Peter 2, 5 is called a preacher of righteousness. Let's read the whole passage. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. But someone may ask, how did Christ speak through Noah to those people in the prison house of sin there before the flood? The answer is, by his Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, just as he speaks by his Spirit through his true servants today. To show that the Spirit of Christ was in the prophets of Old Testament days, let us read 1 Peter 1, 10 and 11 of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The very Spirit of Christ was in those Old Testament prophets. The Spirit of Christ was in Noah, warning, pleading, preaching to the people before the flood so that they were without excuse. But you say there, why are they called spirits in prison? Doesn't that show that uh, they're disembodied spirits? Does this not show that they were in hell or some other place of spirit when they were preached too? Such a conclusion is not necessary because the spirits of just men made perfect, referred to in Hebrews 12:23, certainly means a righteous man and men still in this world. And the Father of Spirits, Hebrews 12, 9, means man still in the body. 
and the God of the spirits of all flesh, number 1622, means men not in a disembodied state. As Dr. Adam Clark, the well-known Methodist commentator, says, from the words we have been considering in 1 Peter 3:18, there is no ground to believe that Christ went to hell to preach to the damned, or that he went to some feigned place where the souls of the patriarchs were detained, to whom he preached and delivered and took with him to paradise. In any case, why should men of one particular age be singled out for special help after death? The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, Romans 2.11. As Christ came in the flesh to preach to men before the cross, so before the flood he came and preached by his Spirit in Noah, just as he came and preached peace by his Spirit in the apostles after his death and ascension. In John 14.28 he said, I go away and come again unto you. According to verse 17 and 18, this coming to his disciples is not his glorious second advent, but he's coming by the Holy Spirit so that they would not be left comfortless. In Acts 26, 23, we read that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. This word show in this text is announce or proclaim. How did Christ proclaim the light of the gospel to the nations after he died and rose from the dead? It was by and through the apostles. Back in the days before the flood, God's Spirit strove with man. Genesis 6, 3. But they quenched the Spirit and did not repent. Then his preaching had little success. Only eight were saved in the ark. But now that he has gone to heaven, the Spirit's power in him is infinite to the saving of lost souls. The Spirit of Christ, which enabled Noah to live for God amidst the reproach and opposition of a godless pre-flood generation, will enable you and me to live for him now in patience and faith, looking for Christ's return. Noah preached righteousness by faith, and that's the only kind of preaching that is inspired and blessed by the Spirit of Christ. So Christ died for our sins and was buried, and according to the Scriptures, he rose again. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. It was all for us, friends. What is our response to him and his love today? By his Spirit, he proclaims deliverance from the prison of sin at this moment. Will you accept it? The experience is told about a discovery of archaeologists in Egypt. He opened a royal tomb, found there the pitiful story of a royal prince who had been buried alive secretly by jealous priests of the court. He escaped from the coffin only to find himself imprisoned in a rock-hewn burial chamber deep in the mountainside, the door sealed with a great slab of stone. Then he had beaten his hands upon the stone until it was stained with his blood. The tomb was opened 3,000 years later. His body was found slumped by the door. What a terrible prison that was to him. Are you a spirit in prison? Do you long for freedom? Do you desire more than anything else in this world a clear conscience and peace in your heart? You can have that experience today, now. You can be free. You can find rest and peace in believing. Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest under your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew 11, 28. Who will come? Who will and listen to Christ pleading through his Spirit just now? God bless you, and you, and you. Come, Spirit, come, light with light. Come, 
Faith in God, on land or on the sea. Have faith in God, wherever you may be. Have faith in God. He cares for you and me. Have faith, dear friend, in God. Oh, save to the rock that is
thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.